walking with Christ, joy should be everything. Like you shouldn't be miserable walking around saying you believe in God. If you're walking around miserable and you're saying you believe in God, you truly don't have faith because true faith comes, you know, when you when you believe. After anxiety is, is, is true faith. You know, true faith is everything. Everybody, to the Light Podcast. I'm your host, Light Taylor. This we have our co Rafael Alvarez. Hey guys. And Jeremiah Stroop. Hey, uh, so I met Jeremiah. He's uh, he's from Texas. I met him uh, just this past winter uh, Prescott Conference. Um, really, I hit it off with him. We were at the uh, Armory. All the boys were playing basketball. We hit it off. And we kept in contact after the conference. And um, when I asked him what he wanted to talk about for the podcast after he had been invited and scheduled, he really wanted to talk about peace. So peace uh, involving friends, family, and also God. So that's what we're going to be touching on today. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to firstly be talking about how to be a peacemaker, how to have peace with family and friends, and in your life. And then secondly, we're going to talk about a very important factor to walk with God, which is having peace with God. So um, before we get started on that, though, Jeremiah, why don't you give it a quick testimony of how you got saved? Uh, so to give you all a quick testimony of how I got saved, I got saved last year. Well, not last year, actually, a year and a half ago, uh, year 2021. Um, it was October 23rd of 2021. Uh, kind of to make it quick and simple for you guys. Um, I went off to school for football on a full ride. And um, I thought I had my whole life set ahead of me, like whole entire life. I'm going to make it to the league. I'm going to make it out for my family. Well, turns out I go off to school. I go off to college. My doctors tell me I can't play no more. They tell me that I have a nerve disorder. So I go through this huge, huge depression and I get I'm just very broken. I'm lost. And in college, I just started like losing myself, going crazy, going all over the place. Same thing happened when I came back home. And when I came back home, I was working at Whataburger. And uh, I don't know if you heard about Whataburger. It's a Texas thing. <laughs> but what's the name? Heavenly, heavenly, heavenly. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, I started. Well, we don't have that in California. We have I it wish now. We did. Yeah, I, I wish we did. I'm a little crabby tatty. <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started working on at Waterburger, and uh, I worked at the one here in my city. And the Waterburger I worked at was super ghetto, but I needed a job really bad. And my bro was just like, "Man, come work with me." So I went, and I just remember working there. And I'm in there, I'm grilling, I'm flipping patties, I'm, I'm frying up fries, and all my friends are coming through like the drive-through because the city isn't super big. It's like a good size, but not super big. So you'll see people you know. And they'll they come through and they'll just be all like, yo, Jay, like, what are you doing here? And I'm just like, man, bro, it's a long story. Like, I can't even, it's gonna take me forever to even tell you, you know? So that made me more depressed. And after seeing myself in the spot that I was in, I mean, mopping floors every night, working overnights at Whataburger, I just felt like my life went from here to being down here. And I had no destiny no more. Like my purpose was gone. My identity was gone. It was all in football. And then it was like, we're just lost. So what ends up happening is I was just 
like I, I got super I got more depressed, so I quit my job and I quit working at Whataburger. And what ended up happening is I was jobless, no money, no nothing, depressed. And I just remember talk, uh, just being in my room late at night, mainly it was late at night when the tormenting came. It was anxiety attacks every single night. Every single night, it was an anxiety attack. And I got, you know, getting really suicidal. It was points where I would take a knife and I'll put a knife to my neck and I would just want to kill myself. And it was that bad. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. And I just said, look, God, I, I struggled with my belief in a way, but I always kind of believed in God. You know, I used to walk around with a little cross on my neck. And I used to be all like, I'm good, you know what I mean? Like I'm protected, I'm covered by the blood, but that don't mean nothing, you know what I mean? That's just something that we idolize and we think we're protected, but that has no power. The true power is in the blood of Jesus, you know? So I remember times where I just thought I was fine, but I knew I wasn't. I cried out for God, I said, God, if you're really real, I said, please just reveal yourself to me. So kind of hasten his word. Uh, basically I cried out to God, not even a month later, my mom ends up, my mom works with my pastor's wife, and my mom ends up inviting me out to church because my uh, pastor's wife invites my mom. And so when she invites my mom, my mom says, hey, yeah, I know you've been low lately and you've been trying to close to God. So she's like, you want to come to church? And I was just like, man, I've been praying for this. Like, I've been praying for God to help me. This has to be it. So I go and I end up coming. And I remember that night I came late in everything. I came late, we showed up, 10 minutes left to the altar call. I didn't think that I would like, honestly, like go back. It was just like, just to go here, good work from God, you know? So I go to church and I remember at the very end, I go up there and I get prayed over. And the pastor tells me, he tells me this, he says, look, he says, uh, brother, as I was praying over you, he said, God spoke to me. He said, God told me that before you were from your mother's womb, he's destined for greatness. He said, you're going to do something so great and so big one day, brother. And I can't even see what it is. And I was like, what? But what spooked me about it, that was like, that has to be God. It's because when I was 14, someone told me the exact same thing. It wasn't in church. It was just in a random parking lot. He just told me, he said, I have a prophecy over your life, you know? And he told me that. And he, he said, God has told me that you're going to do something so great and so big one day. And it's so big that I can't see what it is. Exact words. And there's no way these guys knew each other. And I knew that was God. And, and, and the back then, the guy, he said so much more, but I'm not going to go all into depth about that. I'm trying to keep it simple. But when that was spoken on my life, you know, and I came to church and I came late, I knew that's exactly where I was supposed to be. For me to go through that tribulation and that season of depression and then coming back home all the find God. And now I'm out here telling like my home, like my, my, like my best friend that I grew up with, we grew up, we know, known since I was eight, got saved not too shortly after me, just got married and he's serving God and wants to preach the gospel as well. You know what I mean? So that goes to show like, dang, God's doing a mighty work. Not only that, I'm seeing people, friends that I know from around the city that I grew up with, and I'm telling them about Jesus now. And they're like, yo, no way. And I'm praying with them. I'm helping them. You know, and some of them even came to church and some of them come here, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's rocky, you know what I mean? Trying to keep people in church that you, you know, that you know, but you'll get them here and then they'll leave. But you know that that's all for reason. I know God's going to bring them all in, you know, so uh, most definitely uh, that's that's my testimony, you know, to kind of sum it up for you guys. I found Jesus ever since so it's been a year and a half now. I've been rocking with Jesus. You know what I mean? There ain't no looking back. And keep going forth, you know, with confidence, 
dominion, you know, and pray to be sent out one day, you know, and I'm being to preach the gospel for sure. That was an amazing testimony. That yeah, was really awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how, you know, just the the words of, of you know, the prophecy over your life. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's incredible. Most definitely. Sir. So um, let's get started with our subject today. So uh, we're firstly going to be talking about peace for yourself. So this is involving uh, peace with your family and your friends, uh, how to be a peacemaker. So Jeremiah, mm -hmm. why don't you start us off with our first scripture? We'll go off to that. Uh, so first scripture um, I came up with is uh, Colossians 3.15. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all heard this or y'all might recall it when you hear it, but uh, it says, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Colossians 3.15. And um, that verse right there, as I read it, like the type of revelation it gives me when it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. I think that's basically saying that Jesus is trying to say that as well, Paul wrote this. But, you know, the word of God, what it's trying to be said is that uh, whatever we, how can I put it? Mm, I'm trying to put this in best words as a body of Christ being put together in one, knitted together. So, uh, but when I read that, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since there's memories of one body, you're called to peace and be thankful. To me, the revelation that I get is basically saying, like, look, as a body of Christ, we're all called to be one, we're called to be knitted together, and we're all called to be peace and be peacemakers to this world. Although the Bible says that basically, you know, God. You know he's going to return in judgment you know we're supposed to be spiritual soldiers in christ you know going to war fighting against spiritual principalities and everything but still as as being children of christ and and you know of, of god we are basically called to be peacemakers we're we're also blessed blessed to receive peace in our minds and in our hearts you know the devil wants to come to still peace. i have a song it's called tell the devil and inside the song you know what I mean? It's I said, you know, it's funny how the devil loves to always try to come and steal peace, you know, and that's one thing he tries to do with any fiery dart, rather that be some demonic attack, a demonic dream, a demonic assault, something happening in your family. I mean, just before this, I was talking to Wyatt and he knows what happened. I told him I got a flat on my way, heading here to prayer to get ready. I get a flat like what? Like, and this is at the time, you know, getting pushed back. So it's like, we were supposed to bend and do it, you know what I mean? But that happening, it altered, you know what I mean? So the devil was trying to come and destroy what's happening tonight, but we're still here, you know, and God's still giving us peace and he's letting his word go through. But it's my opinion on that, yeah, uh, it's just being one, one knitted together, you know what I mean, as a body of Christ. I want to hear y'all thoughts, for sure. Yeah, so um, one scripture that's kind of, like, you know, pretty... It's like a big scripture when regarding peace is Second um, uh, Timothy one seven, which says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." So, sound mind meaning uh, peace, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, after our salvation, we have uh, an assurance of peace of mind, a sound mind, and so we show what has changed in us after salvation. We show. That you know, once I was lost, now I'm found. You know, once I didn't have peace, and now I have peace. Um, we share that after our salvation. We show other people um, through our actions and our everyday, you know, and even what we say. You know, 
we can even talk about uh, the details of like what God has done in our lives. But in general, the we are just trying to show the changes in us since since we came to Christ. Because that's the thing. Because people, lots of people, are only going to believe what they one see and what they two can feel. So that's a big thing. I've seen miracles in my church. Um, I've and I've felt many things, and I've experienced. So experience and feeling, two different words. So feeling something could be, you know, like I feel the presence of God in this place. Experiencing something can be really a true moment with God, which almost always comes after the decision for salvation, for, to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. But that's why we show what we what we what happens in us after salvation it's mm -hmm. just because we show people that this is a real thing because this happened in my life this is how i know it's real right so based on mine it comes with salvation and we should therefore you know, show people that peace amen that's so true i like that you're right well you yeah, stole the scripture out of my mind bro the exact same yeah. scripture you should not have all these other jazzes but a sound mind so right we're all gonna i feel like i said this before but we're all gonna let's all agree the fact that depression anxiety and all that is not from god right it's not so meaning we should not have this we should not have depression we shouldn't have anxiety we shouldn't have anything other than peace of understanding of our own how we live and all that we shouldn't be stressing off over, over little things and all that and ruining the whole day. Sure. But we, they're still going to happen. Just because we don't, we shouldn't have it, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. We know we're all going to be stressing over little things and having depression and all this jazz. But God has given us the power to get rid of all this stuff by serving him, by believing and praying for him. And just fl flat out, we have the power to get rid of all this stuff. We we can't just sit here. I, I'm not trying to like say that you guys are doing it, but that's my thing, Bobby. We could say that we have all this stuff. Like we see the problem. We know that there's a problem with with our depression, with our anxiety, all the things that we're going through. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has given us the solution to the problem. Prayer, fasting. I know a scripture that comes up. I can't think of the scripture. It's salvation, that one too. That's even that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. I can't think of the scripture. It's like tell brother your problem, you would be healed. I can't mm. remember. I don't know what it is, but it sounds like a proverb. But I I don't I, don't, I believe I recognize so. And that that means we're gonna be healed through that process of telling, of speaking up, of saying this is this is what's up. This is what I'm going through. It doesn't necessarily always mean that we just stay in that position and just stay, just sit down, do nothing about it. I know I'm just taking a toe in the eye, but <laughs> I just wanted to say that because there's a lot of people that claim that they see the problem and they were just sitting here doing nothing about it. Mm -hmm. And there's an importance to try to solve this little issue that we have, that we don't have peace, that what we're going through. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. And I like how you said it's not from God, because it's not from God. I mean, it's kind of like a, a human carnal mindset to worry about certain things, which is natural. Uh, but, yeah, spiritually, 
it's possible to get rid of those things. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add, Jeremiah? Yeah, I can totally agree with that, you know, because a lot of times, uh, there's even days like I, I tell myself, like, man, God, I'm, I'm I'm serving you. I'm not, you know, you're not sinning. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're like, God, I'm praying. I'm doing everything. And sometimes you still wake up or still you still could feel the devil coming and attacking you in your mind. So that's why prayer, like you said, Raphael, prayer and fasting is key. Like just yesterday, I fasted. You know, I was just like, God told me I need to fast. And I need to pray because, you know, there are times where when the, the enemy wants to catch you lacking, you know, he wants to catch you and gets you vulnerable so that he can take over you or he can get in your mind. And, you know, one little seed that he plants just in a moment, he can make that seed spread and blow into this whole cloud and say your mind. And that's something that we don't need as Christians or believers. We need to rebuke the devil, you know, confront the devil, you know, and find that peace that God has given to us in Jesus name for sure. It's just amazing. Like, like how you say a little piece will blow up in our mind and all that. Like situations now that I'm saved and all that, that would before, if that little piece comes in, I'm like, oh, whatever. But now that I'm saving all that, it just blows up even more. It's, I don't, yeah. it, that's um, how I just noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it's how you know it's the morning. It's like, you know, I always say this. I say it's not to be like the littlest thing, like the smallest little thing that the devil is used to, to make it something big. You know, instead of us casting down, I think it's Second Corinthians 10 to 5, where it says, you know, cast down basically thoughts that are not from God. You know, cast those thoughts away, you know, throw them away. Like, know that it's not from God. You know, even sometimes the devil will try to come in your sleep demonically in your dreams and, and, and try to push fear in you. But those are even things you have to rebuke because it gets that spiritual, you know, in depth as well. So I know this is kind of become the portion of the episode where we talked about personal peace, God, and spiritually. I found a scripture in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, so just bringing it back to salvation, there is only true peace after salvation because of the redemption and new creation factor of, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And I found, or I was thinking and I was reading it again, and I was like, it surpasses all understanding. And I said, it surpasses all understanding because it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense in our minds, in our carnal minds, in our worldly minds. It doesn't make sense for all our sins to be forgiven it doesn't make sense that someone died for us that's why it surpasses all understanding because salvation and forgiveness you cannot find in the world that is why the spiritual salvation and forgiveness of god is the only true salvation and peace and redemption you're going to find and therefore that's why it surpasses all understanding no man can give it you know like I like that because I never actually thought about that surpasses all understanding what that really meant. Me but neither like, until I, yeah. Yeah, like, dang, because no one can understand it. No one can get it. It makes sense. That's powerful. So what caught my eye was your testimony, how I know it's probably back, like, um, backtracking, but as you said, you're, you you originally played football. You originally you went to that. Um, and personally, I went to I played football in high school. I'm still in high school right now. I'm mm -hmm. not bringing that up, but 
having that that not opportunity, but that that um how do I phrase this? Like you had to leave football. And that and you said in your testimony that was your identity, that was who you are, and you had some kind of peace in knowing that you were playing football. Mm -hmm. Right. And you had that personal self, um, mm -hmm. self-peace, knowing that you're doing something good and for like doing something uh your own I can't think of the words, but um mm -hmm. after that, how the heck did you how how the heck how did you um just basically how did yep. you go how did you deal with that the fact that you couldn't play football no more? Mm -hmm. So that I took it, I went in a down spiral. When I figured out I couldn't play no more, because I wasn't I wasn't safe when it happened. So when you're not safe and something happens to you, obviously you fall into the world, you know, since temptations, it's a drinking and you know, messing with different women and all these different things, you know. And that was the ideal, the concept of life that I was living because since I felt like I had nothing else to make me feel fulfilled and to have bring me intimacy because football was over, I went even deeper into the world. Because even before, like, football, like, I knew I had a mission, so I was more focused. It was like, you really weren't going to catch me doing things I know I shouldn't be doing. But once that left and it was no more, I was like, it doesn't even matter anymore. I lost it all. You know, so it was a hard season in my life. Probably one of the most, you know, here's the thing about depression I realized. And I know this is like since when I lost football is that it sneaks up on you sometimes. And a lot of times when you're depressed and you're suicidal in your mind, you don't want to say it or confess it, or you don't even know it. So this spirit took over me and it made me very, very, very quiet. It made me very like MIA, in the beginning at least, it made me very MIA. Like my friends will come and my friends that I knew in college would come and knock on my door, try to wake me up or call me. I would ignore them, I wouldn't answer, you know, tell them I'm asleep or oh my bad I was asleep, or you know what I mean? Like tell them I was asleep or anything like that. But I was completely in line. I didn't want to talk to nobody, I didn't want to be around nobody. And I couldn't talk. Like I was stuck, you know. But after a while, you know, funny story, my boys took me out and they said, When you go to the club tonight, bro, you've been too low, you've been down. So I went to the club and everything, and every that it was a down spiral, everything changed. Wish I never would have done that, you know. But you know, God's forgiveness and his gracious truth. But that was a season of my life where it was just down spiral, you know, but God redeems for sure. Yeah, and it sounds kind of like depression goes with isolation, which I've heard before. Like you kind of isolated yourself from the rest of the world, from your friends and everything else and it had a huge impact on you and you know, the decisions you made. For sure. Um, did we have anything else to add to the uh, personal peace factor? Oh, good. We, we can move. So let's. So uh, let's move on to um, what we were originally supposed to talk about. Um, <laughs> let's talk about peace with our friends and family. And um, actually, I would like to start this off. I found a great scripture. Um, just kind of, really, just kind of lays it all down. It's very short. It's Matthew 5, 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We become children of God as we reflect who our Heavenly Father is. 
So a peacemaker is what God is. He creates peace. And as children of God, we reflect how our father is, you know. And I found it interesting that as peacemakers, we, we're, you know, we're blessed and we're called sons of God. Because that's what we're doing. We're bringing peace until this, unto this, you know, wicked and horrid world. We're bringing peace. The peace of, you know, that surpasses all understanding. For me, um, I guess you could say being a peacemaker is just being that example, you know, around friends. Like, for example, so at my job, um, I work with a group of guys, the crew, and they're at work and everything. You know, they look at me and they're like, you know, like we they know that I'm there to bring peace. You know, I'm there. I'm serving God, and that you know, that salvation is is, is joy for sure. You know what I mean? It's not easy, but it's joy. And there are times at my job when, or even at home, you know, my family where there's arguments and there's so many different things. But you know, as Christians, I believe you know, and this should be in any Christian's mind. We got to be able to take a stand and be able to learn how to control situations, you know, and bring peace into situations. For example, if you see a brother mad and or you see a sister mad or whatever, you know, it's good for you to calm them down, to speak life. You know what I mean? In the midst of a situation, if they're arguing with each other or if something's going on, you know, just to be that centerpiece, you know, that God already is for us and cultivate something basically into the atmosphere that brings peace to people in their mind. So I think it's kind of pretty simple. And when I hear being a peacemaker, it's basically just something I'll up to you is having the fruits of the spirit. Matter of fact, I wanted to share this verse real quick with you guys. Uh, it is Galatians 5, 22 through verse 25. And that is, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. And peace is a big one. Uh, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 25. And I love how all of those fruits of the spirit are just powerful. You know, you got love, which is powerful, it passes all, you know, like love abounds, you know, joy. I feel as if you're walking with Christ, joy should be everything. Like you shouldn't be miserable walking around saying you believe in God. If you're walking around miserable and saying you believe in God, you truly don't have faith because true faith comes, you know, when you when you believe after anxiety is, is, is true faith. You know, true faith is everything. You know, so I ask myself a lot of times, Jeremiah, do you really have faith? Do you really when it comes to worry? Sometimes I'll be honest, I worry a lot and I know I must go back and talk to God. You know, there's also a. Like I said, forbearance, I honestly don't know what that means. I'm not going to, you know, try to speak on what that means. But, you know, another one is kindness. You know, kindness is, is, is key. Uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness is another one that's powerful. Uh, and I feel like as is, as Christians in situations, we got to learn around our friends and our families, learn to bring gentleness to the situation. If there's a problem and you're arguing with someone, okay, how do we respond in gentleness? How can we make the situation peaceful instead of an argument? You know, like the next one is self-control. And self-control is so deep because there's so many people nowadays that have no self-control. You know, we get built up, we get angry and we lose it. And we, and we lose all grips, we lose all control, you know, and self-control is most definitely 
powerful and, and, and it's something that we need as believers. It's something that we need to find peace. It's something we need in order to be peacemakers because you can't be a peacemaker without self-control because if you don't have self-control, then you're obviously going to instigate and blow the situa situation up as well. So uh, that's my kind of like little short thing. I mean, I actually felt kind of long, but, <laughs> you know, my little talk, you know, <laughs> Peace and just peace with friends and families and loved ones, you know. Having the fruits of the spirit is truly key in order to be a peacemaker. It's important. Okay, so um, I was recently reading Proverbs. And I found, because, you know, Proverbs is kind of, it's not always one subject, except maybe uh, Proverbs 31. But it's like, it'll talk about like the rich man and then the poor man and then the adulteress in like one chapter. Mm -hmm. So... I was jumping around um, because I was thinking about this next podcast, and I was like, I've read a few good verses about you know strife and being a peacemaker recently. And I was like looking back, and um, some things I found out, and um, you know, I personally like I still need to work on this, and every single day I have to pray for God to help me. Um, but sometimes it's better to not say anything. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guilty, you know. But as I've learned, I've learned that it's, you know, it's still better just sometimes just to hold back. And a lot of it has to do with pride. Like sometimes you just have to humble yourself and sure. even in apologizing that you, you, you don't realize it. But when you apologize, it takes a lot of humility to apologize, to go to yourself and or not to go to someone else and say that you were wrong. It takes a lot of humility. And um, that's why it can be so hard sometimes. And we all need to learn, you know, how to have, mm -hmm. you know, how to sometimes hold your tongue and how to humble ourselves more. But some scriptures I um, I found were Proverbs twenty six seventeen and 21. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Uh, verse 21 says, as charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. So uh, this uh, uh, verse 21 may be a little confusing. I had to read it a few times. But what it's talking about is as you interfere in arguments that may not be your own, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, um, but when you interfere in arguments that you are not involved in, it can actually make the argument worse, uh, you know, and as wood is to fire and, you know, like adding more wood to the fire, making it burn more just because, you know, it's not your argument. And if you go into an argument and you take a side, that's going to make it worse, especially if you don't, you know, hear both sides and everything. Um, and something I, uh, something I came up with, it's, uh, it's kind of dumb actually, but you know how there's always two sides to one story. I've, I've, thought about it once and I was like, you know what? There's actually three sides to every story. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, the one guy the one guy and the one guy. The third mm -hmm. side is someone on the outside who has actually mm -hmm. seen what has happened and has seen mm -hmm. everything that's happened. So like Yeah. For sure. And but then but then you think about it and it's true because either mm -hmm. side could be biased. They could both be biased if anything. Mm -hmm. um, that's you true. Know, many times both sides can be wrong. And both sides can be right at the same time. So mm -hmm. sometimes it takes a, a third person, a person on the outside looking in to, to, to help and 
you know, kind of help out because they know what actually happened without having any emotional ties to the argument and what has happened. Yeah, um, I like that. And, um, and then, in, so, so then, you know, it's like, oh, so do we, we as Christians, we don't go into any arguments. So how do we resolve conflict? Uh, Proverbs mm -hmm. twenty-five fifteen says, with patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. So this, you know, having patience, um, if you are that third person, just have patience and try to kind of see both sides and help both sides come to a compromise, you know, and there are mm -hmm. certain situations where, you know, one may be more right than the other, but still you have to think alike. This person is emotionally tied to their argument as much as the other person is. So you have mm -hmm. to be patient and make sure that both sides are being quote unquote appeased, but you also have to make sure that the right point of view is being shown. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, so so with that being patient, um, if it's with a close friend, so with close friends, it's even more emotional. It's really hard um, and arguments. And um, what I found is uh, Proverbs 20, uh, 27, 5 through 6 says, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So... Yeah. You know, just instead of, you know, uh, flattery and just things that, you know, don't mean a lot, um, so, um, many times don't mean a lot, it's sometimes better just to show the person, hey, you know, like how a pastor will often rebuke a disciple. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like, it's just like, hey, like, you know, you need to stop doing this because it's not right. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, but then, but then with rebukes you do it out of love so that's for sure so you you have patience and you you know you talk to them but then it's also like hey i need you to stop doing this because i love you and you need to keep your relationship with god and that's sure. that's the underlying thing you do everything out of love okay so patience and love those are the two things that will help and that will diffuse and resolve any argument that's so true. You're right. Patience and love. That's most definitely so true. So when I first uh, read this little script that we have, and um, when you guys are talking about how flip, how does it go? When you guys are talking about like there's a like there's an argument and all that, or being a peacemaker, the first thing I don't know why the first thing that pops in my head is like a fight. Like you try to stop the fight, but I know it's yeah. not about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, uh, I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. So guys, I mean, do not try to stop, go stop fights. <laughs> I um, try to stop fights. Um, I don't know what's on my screen. Sorry. Um, anyways, <laughs> sorry, yeah, I just had to bring that in. And uh, no, you're good. A, I feel like there's. A, I just, I just want to balance what we're saying because, like, I believe that some people just take things too much sometimes. Mm -hmm. I could definitely, me personally, I could see things. I'm like, oh, big, big brain. They said it. Um, mm -hmm. What? Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, again, there's a balance to what we're saying. There's a, if there's a, if there's a um, argument against a couple, and a couple does not necessarily, your job is to go into that argument and just try to stop it. 
sometimes you just got to let arguments go even if mm. it seems like it's the worst thing in the world mm. and you can stop me any stop and you can you can stop me anytime you guys feel like i'm going off or something um it's just there's definitely a balance to us being the peacemakers because sometimes us seeing ourselves as a peacemaker will see that we got to stop every single argument every single uh problem when against with people but mm -hmm. sometimes there's the need for that argument to happen there's a need for that to happen for their own personal sake for if for them to see what's up Mm -hmm. Sometimes they need yeah. argument to see, oh, there's something wrong with this, or a pride thing, or um something else. I don't, I, or I can't think of the words, but um, and sometimes yeah, that third person needs to just say, this is what this is what's up. This this is what's wrong on this side, and this is what's wrong on this side. And there's definitely that's definitely one of the i feel like that's a challenge right there to try to see what's uh what's good and what's bad because sometimes um even as us regular humans we don't always see the bad things and happening sometimes we get own personal bias mm -hmm. but um it's definitely Thing we need to pray for because <laughs> uh, i know personally i'm not the best person with the peacemaker sometimes mm -hmm. my own personal life as like my parents and my friends sometimes my hot head <laughs> tends to push it up a little bit so it's definitely something that not, not all of us are the best at we need to pray for and um, for sure. I guess that's all i gotta say i don't really much know. yeah actually actually wanted to kind of like touch on touch on kind of what you said when you said you know sometimes it's good for those certain things to happen and you know one thing i learned that would a lot of happen is that you see one of the most number one tools that we don't see but that god has is the devil so sometimes god will allow the devil to attack you as in the book of Job, as god allowed the devil to attack Job. Sometimes God will allow the devil to attack you in order or attack a relationship or any little thing, but not in a bad way to end it, but in a way for there to be argument or a situation so that there can be a revelation in the end. For example, God allowed the devil to attack me so that I can come to him. He, he allowed me to stoop down to my lowest so that I could find him. And sometimes that's what God, God will allow to happen, what he would do. You know, like for me, you know, like, uh, like sometimes the devil is just straight attacking. Like I tell you the truth. So actually, it's a crazy story. Uh, maybe when I was born, um, this is crazy. And I and I and this kind of to me, like I knew that God had called in my life, but I never understood. So when I was born, actually, I was born with a cyst in my brain. And uh, when as I got older, the doctors told me that I had a cyst in my brain. And they told me this though. They told me they were like, "There's a cyst in your brain, but it will never bother you. It will never grow. Nothing will ever happen to it." But they said, look, if the cyst was only a couple more inches just closer to a certain part of my brain, I would have died in my mother's womb and I wouldn't have made it. So I knew at that point, like, I was like, man, like, I was like, I knew that God has something. So that's an example. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes God will allow something to happen. But in the very end, God, if you're walking in the will of God, the devil can't stop what that God has destined for you. 
you know another thing i want to say uh why i liked how when you said uh about there's three sides you know because honestly i i can agree with that because when there's two people rather that be in the situation a relationship a friendship just in a situation that there are certain times where when we can't see it because we're in the midst of it emotions are being stirred but when you said no one's emotionally involved but i feel like in that point not saying that god doesn't have emotions but that anchor that third person could also be seen as jesus to be that centerpiece so when something does go down there is an argument you know he could be that peacemaker he could be that one towards like okay look you know if you're arguing and you're in and you're in a marriage or you have a friendship you guys know to fall back on the word of god you know where do i go in this situation what do i do do i react out in anger or do i let it let calm down be patient and breathe and allow god to to bring peace and fulfill his word because words cut deep you know, sometimes in situations we say words that we really don't mean. We really don't mean it. We say it because that's how we feel. But emotions can truly deceive you, you know, and that's where peace in God and just being a peacemaker and letting Jesus be that third person is the best thing that we can do. So he's the true peacemaker. You can say that. Yeah, I agree. Um, mm -hmm. If you guys have anything else you wanted to add, Oh, I'm all good. Okay. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Uh, thank you, Raphael. Uh, thank you, Jeremiah, for coming on, uh, for giving your experience and your thoughts on this. It's truly a great episode. Very, very insightful. I enjoyed it very, very much. Um, if you want, if you love this content, if you like this content, give us a like, share, subscribe, uh, follow us on Spotify listen to spotify follow us on instagram for updates and um, more things about us and give us five stars give us five stars five on stars. spotify um check out our merch if you want to check out our website for that um but other than that thank you guys for joining us we'll see you in the next one thank you God bless. oh actually my bad hey, hey. i don't mean to ruin the intro i mean the outro but i was gonna ask i pray before we close Okay, like just pray that. Like, you know, if anyone hears this or anything like that, it could be sealed and you just help. Yeah. All right, I'll just pray right now. Um, dear Holy Father, we just ask you tonight, Father God, as these words were spoken, Father God, that you let these words pierce in the souls of the people that hear this word tonight, Father God, that you bring peace, Father God, upon all people listening to this that surpasses all understanding, Father God, that you set them free and deliver them, Father God, from every anxiety or fear in their life in Jesus' mighty name. We ask you, Father God, that you give us the gift of being the peacemaker, Father God. You give us a peace in our mind and our hearts and in our souls, Father God, that you help us through our daily lives, Father God, in situations, Father God, that you let these words spoken, Father God, be sealed in Jesus' mighty name inside of our minds, Father God. We're asking, Father God, as we go forth, Father God, into this world, Father God, that you Give us the words that you want to us, Father God, to set your kingdom forth in Jesus' mighty name, Father God. And we ask you, Father God, that you cover us in your precious blood. And I'm asking you, Father God, that you continue to cover Wyatt, Raphael, and their podcast, Father God, in your blood. And that this thing takes off, Father God, and that you help them, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. It's there. God bless. So uh, I just want to do a quick altar call. Um, if there's anyone here tonight and you're suffering and as after hearing this word, you know that there is that you're struggling with peace. There's no peace truly in your heart.
I just want to let you know that, you know, God can save you and he can set you free. He can deliver you with his power and his resurrection power and his blood. You know, so if there's anyone here tonight, you know, and you don't know God or you're far from God or you serve God or you just know deeply to yourself. It's between you and God. You might be in your room listening to this. Nobody might be around. You could be looking at a little friend, but you know, like I can do better at certain things, but not even just that. If you're suffering anxiety, if you're suffering fear, you know, these are things personally I can say that sometimes I I I I suffer with, you know, and I keep having a rebuke, a rebuke because the devil knows that there's a calling and anointing upon your life and he wants to take you out. But these are things that you have to do on a daily, you know, and if you know that you're suffering with peace and fear, I want to let you know that I'm here for you. Raphael's here for you. Wyatt's here for you. All of your brothers and sisters in Christ are here for you. God is here with you right now at this very moment and he hears you and he loves you so much. And I just want to ask you, you know, if you are just... I want to say a simple prayer with you if you're listening to this right now. And uh, if so, I'm going to kind of lead you. Well, I'm not kind of going to. I'm going to lead you into a prayer with me. And just repeat after me. And after this prayer, I'll just pray over you. And, you know, in the end, I'll pray as well. So right now, I just want you to repeat after me. So just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask you for forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and you rose on the third day. And I welcome you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. Lord, give me a peace. Give me a joy. Show me that you're real. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. And right now, I just pray over you. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm praying for every precious soul right now, Father God, that just prayed this prayer, Father God, that you cover them in your blood, Father God. You help them, Father God. You give them a peace that passes on understanding. Any form of anger or depression or anxiety that resides in their hearts, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. And I ask right now that you make right away, Father God, inside of their minds, inside of their hearts, Father God, that you fill them with your spirit, Father God. That you let your spirit dwell inside of them and outside of them, Father God. That you lead them, Father God, to live in waters and you revive them, Father God, bring resurrection inside of them, Father God, to have zeal for your word in Jesus' mighty name, to conquer and defeat the devil with boldness in Jesus' mighty name, to stand up firm in the word of God on ten toes and to rebuke and destroy every demonic altar and strategy in Jesus' mighty name. Fear is not of you. First, Tim First Timothy, Second Timothy 1-7 says that God did not give us a spirit of fear at all but of peace, love, and a sound mind. God gave us a sound mind, and we declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask you right now, Father God, to help us. Give us peace, Father God, as we seal this prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.